Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number 67. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me, as always, is my illustrious co-host, the Titanium One, Tony Estrella Titanium. Mazel tov. How are you, sir? Cheers. Cheers to you. Um, yeah. Things going well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got, Kurt, uh, we got an exciting show. We're going to kind of break down and give I, our opinions on episode four. I, I think the confusion of what the hell is going on on Moon Knight is at an all-time high. We'll try to break it down. We'll try to explain it. We'll try to give our get, best guesses at what could be going on. But, man, it it was quite the episode. Yeah, it was kind of psychedelic, kind of freaky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, th- I think we got a pretty good handle on it. We'll give it our best shot, as usual. I uh, got a lot of phone calls. Um, and then we're going to talk about what the fuck is going on with Sony. Jesus, Sony. Are they just... Uh, something's going on. You know, and we'll get into it. I don't want to yeah. get into it yet, but I, I do think it's actually a positive thing. So uh, That's good. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you got that opinion. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, so let, let's get the show started and All then right. I'll get into it. All right, well, first we want to uh, thank the patrons. These are the listeners that bring the show to you. Patreon.com slash supertalk. Donate a dollar for every episode we come out with and you become a patron. Titanium has some swag that he's dying to get rid of. And if you join the Patreon uh, anytime in the next three weeks, uh, he's going to be shipping some swag to you, which is going to cost you a lot, cost us a lot more than the dollar you're giving us. So yeah. uh, uh, anything you can do to help us out, we really appreciate it. Patreon.com slash supertalk. Well, let's jump right into Moon Knight episode four. Um, like I, I mentioned this to you earlier the week, earlier this week, I think for some pe- some people were unaware of what was going on on the show to, to through the first three episodes. They were confused. Yeah, and then episode four came out, and they were like, and threw them through a, a, I, a window. I now I have no idea what yeah. the hell is going on. Yeah. I, we, we've been, especially novice people that don't know the comic books have been absolutely like, what's going on? Wait, who's who? Um, and and I don't know if that is a symptom of the show, not describing it well enough, or they're just assuming that, uh, Moon Knight fans will know what's going on. Uh, now some people that don't know anything about Moon Knight kind of grasp it and kind of get what's going on until episode four. And we had discussed earlier and I had said, and you had said, I think, you had told me that I think Moon Knight jumped the shark. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. Not for me, but I think for some people it for did. For some people. And, and so what I did is I hit social media. I took to social media and put a lot of polls out there on Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and Facebook. And there were a few people that were like, yeah, it, it's, it's too crazy. I'm lost. I can't figure it out. But a majority of the people hit the button. I want to see what happens next. And no, it hasn't jumped the shark yet. It's so interesting. Um, so I think that's, I mean, granted, it's a very small sample size, but um, I, I think that people are more now intrigued to find out what the hell is going on because it was crazy. 
Well, just uh, to, to update people on, you know, so where did the term jump the shark come from? And it, it's really come from happy days. <laughs> it's funny you say that because yeah. somebody on Twitter What does it me mean, back. jump the shark? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'll explain it. So back in, uh, there was a, a television show back in the 70s called Happy Days. Fantastic mm-hmm. television show. Henry Winkler. Yeah, one, one of the biggest stars of the show is Henry Lou Winkler, Fonzie. Um, and one episode, he decided to jump uh, this old drive-in movie theater called The Shark, and that's the reason why it's called Jumping the Shark, on his motorcycle. Right. And he puts on this, like, evil Knievel outfit and jumps over this movie theater. Well, they'd built up to it several episodes Oh, yeah, beforehand. talking about who's going to be the first one to jump the shark, yeah. you know? And, and, and Fonzie's like, no, I'm not going to yeah. do it, you know, whatever. But so the reason why this term is a term is because ever since that happened on the show... The show took a significant downward spiral from there and was never the same. It was never as good again. Right. And everybody's like, oh, ever since they jumped the shark, the show's just been terrible. Yeah. And so now that's a term we use to describe television shows or television series that there's a, a crescendo or a point in the show where all of a sudden everything goes down. I mean, yeah, it's just it it's bad after that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's... Countless examples, you know, uh, Game of Thrones, you know, jumped the shark after, you know, the the ice dragon, you know, became uh, the dragon became the ice dragon. And they talk about, um, you know, Lost was one of the shows. There was one episode and one season finale. They're like, oh, my God, really? We're doing this now yeah. where they like went back in time. And it's like, oh, this sh- show's completely yeah. jumped, jumped the, shark. the shark. Yeah. So it's a term we use to describe a show that ha- had momentum and was doing very well. Then all of a sudden something happens and it's just. Okay, you've lost me. Yeah. And the reason why I said that to you was, you know, so my wife Betsy is, she is a, I'll say, pseudo fan of these movies. She likes certain ones better than the others, nowhere near as much as I do, but she entertains them because she knows, you know, my son and I and my daughter love them as much as we do. While she was watching Moon Knight, she was kind of confused, really didn't know what was going on. And you and I have discussed this in previous episodes. Moon Knight is a brand new character for anybody who's not a comic book fan, brand new to the MCU. Yeah. We've never seen this character before, knew nothing about this character. Um, Oscar Isaac, fantastic actor, was cast to play this character, and to this point, he'd done a fantastic job. And I think the fact that he has multiple personalities, and they're not, and so think about it. We've got a, a character with multiple personalities, and they really didn't explain that he had multiple personalities, no. but they were like jumping back and forth between different people. And wait a minute, who are these Egyptian gods, and what's this all about? And so yeah. it was very confusing. And then all of a sudden, this episode happened, and my wife looked at me, and she says, I think I'm done. Yeah. And so what, what I'm saying is she tolerated up to a point where it's like, okay, I think I kind of can figure some of it out. It's entertaining. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm, I'm done now. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I so. think it's, it's going to be like WandaVision where it was just so bizarre and crazy. You're like, what? Where are they? Where is she? She's back in time in an old, old movie show. I mean, an old television show. What's going on? And then every episode she was in. So it was very hard to kind of follow. And then it, they kind of tied it all together. And I think in episode five and six, they're going to tie it all together. Okay, let's just get this off our chest, people. Seriously. It was a fucking dream sequence, okay? The whole previous part of the show Maybe. isn't happening in his head. Uh, come on. It, it has to be. I mean, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet the farm on it. I'm going to bet the farm that it's a dream well, there's sequence. There's a bunch of, you know... Theories and and we can kind of break each if one it's of not them a down. The, if it's not a dream sequence, then how is Stephen and Mark existing in the same plane? 
Are they twins? Let's get there when we get there. So we'll we'll kind of describe. And I think, and this is what threw a lot of people, is that the first 50 minutes or 47 minutes of the episode were a normal Moon Knight episode. And then all of a sudden, we got this end sequence, right? And they were like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Right? And so let's kind of like figure out how we got here. So we start the episode... um, Right after the end of the third episode, where um, Stephen had been, con- you know, helped by Conchu, was able to turn back the night sky, and they were able to use the the map that they had gotten from the the sarcophagus, and were able to locate Amit's tomb. Yep. And and Conchu was then at that point in time. Uh, banished by the gods. And we saw what the gods were doing. They got in a room together holding hands and they were chanting something. And then his... They imprisoned him in, in a stone statue. Right. Those stone statues are called Ushamti. So um, they saw the, the stone statue become whole inside of the Great Pyramid. And then Kanchu was no longer on this existing on this plane. We started this episode with a scene of the avatar of Osiris bringing Kanchu's statue into a room and putting it on a shelf. And there were Ushapti for many gods. other Egyptian yeah. gods on the shelf. So that's many Egyptian gods yeah. have been punished, <coughs> have been banished yeah. to some extent. Um, and so that was a surprise to us that, that this was not just a punishment they had levied upon Kanchu, but many others before him. Um, and it seems like they have to work together to do this. So yeah, not just the four that were missing from the trial. Right, because right, we saw four empty seats. You yeah. know, So the Aeneid is supposed to be nine seats, and four of those seats were empty. Nine god deities, yeah. Right, uh-huh. and we had five people there, and so yeah. four of them were like, where are the other four? And we don't know. Maybe some of them were ones that had been banished already. Right. Uh, so the question then is becomes, well, did the five left in the Aeneid decide upon themselves they wanted power and influence and they wanted to control things and so they banished all these other gods so that they would be in control do they have their own agenda yeah is this something that so we don't know no. we have no idea um by but, the way there are more than just nine gods there are a ton of Egyptian oh, there's gods a, yeah yeah there's a lot Tons. of Egyptian gods. Yeah. but there were only nine on the aeneid which a- is the aeneid yeah that's the like the power group right right it, yeah. it's like the you know the you know, Mount Olympus. It's like, you yeah. know, there's plenty of Greek gods, but there's only certain ones that are on Mount Olympus. They're the board right? of directors for right. exactly. I mean, <laughs> the Egyptian gods. That's what it comes down to, yeah. right? So the question is, are they power hungry? Are they? Do they have an agenda? And is it possible, and this is one of the questions that I started asking myself, is that, okay, Arthur Harrow, who used to be the avatar of Khonshu, now supposedly the avatar of, of um, Amit, Amit. Mm-hmm. is he working on Amit's behalf because... Amit was unjustifiably banished? Right. Or is Arthur Hare working on behalf of one of the other gods who wants to free Amit for their own purpose? Right. So, you know, uh, for example, uh, when you pass away, Egyptian uh, lore says when you die, you go um, to the field fields of grass, and then that's where your heart is weighed. And it's Anubis that is the one that weighs your heart on the scales. And if your heart is heavier than a feather, then you go to the underworld. And if it's lighter than a feather, then you know you're able to go to 
you know, heaven basically. And if, if your heart is heavier than the feather, then you're fed to Amit, basically. Your soul is fed to Amit, and Amit is the one who, who feeds on your soul. Right. Amit's not the one that does the judging. Right. It's Anubis that does the judging. So the question is, is Arthur Hera working for Anubis, and Anubis is the one that wants to free Amit? Or is he working for Amit, knowing that Amit's been imprisoned and falsely or you know unjustifiably and wants to free Amit? That made me question that. And here's the other big question, Titanium. And I think we're going to see this in the next episode. And this is one of my theories about what was happening at the end of this episode. If Amit is in a new Shabdi, is imprisoned, how is Arthur Harrow able to summon the power from Amit? How is Arthur Harrow able to use Amit's power as its avatar? Because we Agreed. saw yep. Kanchu was banished and theoretically... Mark and Steven no longer had the powers of, of the Moon Knight that were granted to them by Kanchu because Kanchu was banished. So if Kanchu's banished and they no longer have the access to the suit, you know, and the powers of Moon Knight, well, how does Arthur Harrow have powers? Because his god is banished right now. Right. So where's, where's he drawing this power from? Not from Amit. No, you're absolutely correct. I agree with you 100%. And or as, and as soon as you saw that statue, you realize, well, wait a minute. If Kanchu is confined in a stone statue and Amit is confined shoved down the throat of which we saw in the episode right Right. how is he communicating or how is that just a sliver of right. Amit's power how, right if he's the avatar of Amit how is Amit communicating with him because he's banished Kanchu can't communicate with Mark or Steven anymore it speaks volumes of Ethan Hawke in his portrayal of this character absolute fantastic yeah, but I have a theory that we might see in the next episode of what might really be going on here, and we'll kind of get into that when we get into that well, end scene. Well, the producer did say episode <clears throat> five and six is very dark, and it will blow your minds away, more so than episode four. Well, and 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 that, that would that would this really stays it. true to all of the limited six episode series we've seen from Disney Plus thus far. Epi the end of episode four has always been an oh my god moment. Yeah. So in Wandavision, the end of episode four. We saw the sword um, control center watching WandaVision, t tele the WandaVision right. TV show yeah. on their TVs, right? Yeah. We saw a scene they of that. They were monitoring we're like, it. We're like, oh, okay, now we kind of see what's going on. We saw that. In episode four of Falcon and Winter Soldier, we had, you know, U.S. agent basically smash a flag smasher's face with a, with the shield, with, right? With Captain America's Captain shield. Captain America's yeah. shield, right? Mm -hmm. So we saw that happen in episode four. In episode four of Hawkeye, we had Yelena Belova show up on the rooftop, yeah. you know, and that was... So there's always been one of these oh-my-God moments at the end of each one of these episode fours. Fours, right. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, in the end of <coughs> episode four of Loki, he ends up in... Uh, the the other world with the crocodile version of of Loki, you know, oh, yeah. and that was the end of that episode. So so we've had these moments in these series before. So I think they use that as kind of a a way to kind of bridge to the kind of finale of the epi of of the series, right? Right. So yeah. So it was something we expected, but how they went about it, I, I it was very strange. And yeah. again, it and I I think you we we'll do this when we get to the end but I think we need to break down that ending into two different sections and we'll we'll kind of talk through okay. that. Um but anyway, we start the episode that that way Layla Mark or Steven at the time is completely unresponsive and now there's a truck driving up on him shooting at them and this is the dead of night in the desert so you can't see anything but they they're able to roll down some dune behind the truck that they drove up in 
and uh, Stevens just can't even move. And this truck is hunting them down and trying to shoot at them. And Layla's able to use a flare that she gets from the back of the truck, her truck, throws it in the back of this, you know, this gun touting vehicle that's got a box of open ammo and it just goes off and, you know, surprisingly kills the two of them and doesn't kill her or Mark, which is kind of crazy. But, um, and then Steven uh, ends up standing up and he's okay. So we were under the impression that he might not, that since he died and and we think that he died before and Conchie revived him, that if Conchie was banished, that he was not going to be revived. Well, he did get revived. He's still alive. Still alive. Are you getting like major like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Kind oh, of for vibes? sure, yeah. they totally the Mummy Raider in the Lost Arks. It's so totally great. drawing on all those yeah. movies. So it's awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, so then Mark and Layla, uh, Stephen and Layla, <coughs> are driving off towards uh, the tomb of Amit that they use the map that they found to, to to locate it. And they're driving there, and we get this conversation between the two of them that, um, and Stephen tells uh, Layla that Mark was trying to protect her that that. That uh, Amit wanted, uh, that Kanchu wanted her for his his next avatar, and 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 she's like, well, that Mark Mark didn't have the balls to tell her, but Stephen came right out and was honest with her. I right. think she appreciated. Right. That. <clears throat> they get to the the tomb of Amit. Um, they see Harrow's equipment there, so they had set up a camp there, and all their equipment is there, but nobody's around. Yeah. Surprisingly, nobody's there, and they're like, well, let's go get some supplies. They grab a few supplies. She grabs a couple of extra flares, which we find out are very useful going forward, but they end up making their way into the tomb right before though. Um, she's like, you know, you smell like him. You know, obviously Steven looks and smells like Mark and she goes in to kiss him. And then he kind of like pushes away. He's not really sure about it, but that's when he reveals what Conchu's plan was. And the reason why Mark's trying to protect her in the situation. Right. And, and then he ends up kissing her and it was just, it was awkward. Sure. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they end up going down into um, into the tomb, and they discover that the tomb of Amit is uh, in the shape of a maze. It's a maze, and they're not really sure what direction they're supposed to go to. And, and Stephen's able to figure out it's in the shape of the Eye of Anubis, uh, which is a, a very prevalent Egyptian uh, symbol. Right. Um, and he's like, well, you know, Amit would have been the vo- uh, or the 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 pharaoh who's buried here. They, they believe they're in the tomb of a pharaoh. And yeah. they're saying the pharaoh that was buried here would have been the voice of Amit. So we're going to go down the tongue, which is the part of the, the eye of Anubis that they, they go down. And uh, so they make their way into some old, looks like a, a crypt, uh, like a place, a table where they would prep bodies for burial. And there was these old priests that had been mummified and kept there uh, because they were there to guard the bodies yeah. of the people in the crypt. Um, and then we get our zombie Egyptian zombie moment, yeah. right? Where, you know, Mark goes up on top or Steven goes up on top on another level and she, he's looking down and something walks into the room and you, they hear gunshots are like, you know, what, what could they be shooting at? Yeah. And this zombie walks in, drags a body in, throws it on the table and just starts Removing pulling organs, organs, yeah. organs out. We're yeah. like, holy crap. It was it's definitely a guardian of the tomb and one of the priests, the the undead priests that guard the tomb. It was very bizarre. It was kind of scary. And it uh it ends up uh, trying to chase uh Steven, but then Layla kind of convinces it to chase after her, and then she's escaping into some, you know, ledge uh that's overlooking this massive pit. 
and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, the thing grabs her a couple times, and it was just like the jump scares and all the other stuff. And she's able to, she pulls its arm off, but then it's trying to stab her with its like disembodied bone. bone. Um, but she ends up, you know, able to defeat it and throw it over the ledge when she stabs it in the eye with one of her flares. Um, just, it, it was just a weird moment. I was just like, it was just strange to me. I mean, I was like, okay, all right. But then Arthur Harrow shows up on the other side of the chasm and tells her that, well, has, you know, I knew your father. Right. So he knew who her father was, a, a, you know, Egyptian um, paleontologist, not a paleontologist, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and said, you yeah. know, has, has, uh, you should ask your husband what happened to him, you know, how he died. You know, I, yeah, he's I, back I, on that. He's back on that. Well, uh, he, he's said, you know, I, I, I wait, you know, I put his soul on the scales and he, he's, he's carrying a lot of like, you know, anger and, and resentment and frustration. And you should ask him, he has some information about how your father died. And, you know, Layla's like, ah, whatever, you know, I'm leaving you. So she goes and tries to goes off to find Steven. By the way, Steven now has made his way into the tomb of this pharaoh, and we're not sure what pharaoh to use. I think it's one of the big ones. I think it's a big one. Yeah. We'll come to find out it's the tomb of Alexander the Great, Um, which to this day is still a mystery. They don't know where it is. And a lot of people are still looking for that. A lot of people uh, announce, uh, oh, we found the great tomb, and it ends up being nothing. So So still yet to be found. The writing on uh, the the tomb itself was (coughs) Mesopotamian. Um, and Alexander the Great, one of the greatest conquerors, um, you know, in history, was from Mesopotamia. He ended up conquering um, North Egypt, um, founded the city of Alexandria, and was night was known as a pharaoh of of, of Egypt. Yeah. Right. So um, people believe that he was entombed somewhere around Alexandria. Nobody really knows where he is, as Titanium mentioned, but. They claim to now have found the tomb of Alexander the Great. So Alexander the Great was theoretically now the former avatar of Amit. So the the, <clears throat> the theory is that Amit granted Alexander the Great his power, which allowed him to be such a, a dominant conqueror of right. of lands and worlds uh, back in the day. And uh, so, well, now we know who the former avatar of Amit was and that betrayed Amit. And uh, when Amit was imprisoned into an Unshamti, uh, it was buried with Alexander the Great. And Stephen kind of figures out that, well, they would have hit it somewhere that some normal Tomb Raider wouldn't be able to find it. And it was stuck down the throat of the the corpse of Alexander the Great. The mummy. Right. Yeah. He's able to pull pull the Ushapti out, so they've got it. It's just like a little statue of Amit, uh, very similar to the one we saw of, of Kanchu in the previous episode. Um, and he's got it. And then he's like, hey, we got it. And Layla shows up, and she's like, pissed. You angry? Uh, I want to talk to Mark. Can he hear me? I mean, he needs to answer for this, you know? And so she's, and he's like, and then Mark takes over the body and says, look, we got to get the hell out of here. You know, they're chasing us. And she's like, no, you need to answer for what's going on. I mean, it's like, seriously, get the hell out of the tomb and then do this. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. But anyway, and then Mark's like, look, I was a mercenary. I worked for a guy. He got out of control. My partner. My got partner. Greedy. Yep. Got greedy, decided to take it all for himself. 
and he killed everyone. But no word of who the partner is or anything like that. It's still a mystery. We don't know if it's Raul <clears throat> Bushman or yeah, it was Jake Bush- Lockley, maybe. It was who the knows? Bushman in the comics, right? We know that for sure. We don't know who it could be. Mm-hmm. But he's like, look, I, I, everybody was killed, including me. I should have died that night, but yeah. I didn't. Conch, and you so, saved me. Yeah. Well, he didn't say that, but that's what we believe as, you know, that that was the night that he died and that Conchu offered him, you know. The deal. Yeah. You know, I'll save your life in exchange for your servitude. So we believe that, that that's what happened. Um, but then, oh, all of a sudden, Arthur Harrow shows up with all of his men, yeah. you know, and is like, hey, you know, you need to hand over the Ushapti. And, and, and Mark's like, nope, you know, like, and he, he grabs the the axe out of the, the, the tomb and, and, you know, kills a couple of them. And then Arthur Harrow grabs the gun of one of the guys and just shoots Mark in the chest. Yeah. He made that statement again. I can't save those who don't want to save themselves. Yep, I can't help somebody who, who won't help themselves. Yeah. Right. And so shoots him twice in the chest and we get the scene from the trailer where he falls back into the water. Now it's very clear when he falls back into the water that it's like two inches deep. Yeah. It's not very deep. But then all of a sudden we get a scene of him like falling down deeper and into deeper the into the water. Yeah. And we're like, well, where's he going? And then all of a sudden we see a light in the middle of the screen and then it pans out and we're watching a VHS movie, uh, you know, a knockoff of Raiders of the Lost Ark and Tomb Busters. Right. It's some kid and some perf- doctor or professor. Dr. Dr. Stephen Grant. Right. You know, the archaeologist hunt, hunting the, the 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 looking for the remains of the, the Mayan, Mayan moon goddess, yeah. right? So, um, so this you know, so what I'll say is when we get into the and now, and Mark's sitting in a, wheel, a wheelchair, in, heavily sedated, heavily sedated in, in white clothes, the entire. Now he's in a mental hospital. The entire mental hospital is populated with everybody that we've seen in the show thus far. Well, not just populated with everybody, but references on the walls. Uh, in, to in everything props, we've seen. Everything we've seen. So the first half of what, when we're in the mental hospital, the first half of it, we all are being led to believe that maybe everything up until this point has been something that he was in his mind yes. that he that had been made up that he was dream a dream sequence right. that he was having right. and that all the adventures he had been on with Layla and you know Stephen and Mark and Moon Knight and being hunted by Arthur Harrow that this was something he had just made up because all the references we were seeing in this in this mental hospital were basically things that we had seen in the show all the characters that he had interacted with on the show uh-huh. were in the mental hospital his either boss. patients yeah. or orderlies uh-huh. Or you know the the two orderlies were the two police officers that yeah. worked for or for Arthur Harrow, the, the guy who was in the gold uh, gold um, who was street performer who was all painted gold was the guy yelling out the bingo numbers yeah. hurt his boss um, was she, a patient she was a patient with a stuffed scarab she right. was holding on to somebody was drawing a picture of a bird that had the face of Ahmed on it yeah. and and we're like. Is everything that he's seen, and then and at one point in time we see Layla, and she's a patient there too, and and they have have some relationship, but you know she went he wins bingo, but she takes the prize on his behalf. Say, well, I'll let you have half of it this time, you know, you know, I won, I won, but I'll let you have half, right? And then he try he sees his reflection in a in a in a glass, and he says, Stephen, Steve. So he's trying to talk to Stephen, you know, thinking that they can speak still. And there's no answer. He tries to get out of the wheelchair, and he's tied to the wheelchair by an ankle restraint and falls on his face, very similar to how he did in that one episode when he tried to get out of bed. Yeah. 
And so we're all being led to believe, well, maybe this is just stuff that he's been experiencing while in the mental hospital. What mental hospital is that clean and that pearly white? Come on. Well, so again, what we as the audience are being led to believe is maybe all this stuff was something in his mind. Maybe he was making all of this up. That's what they wanted you to believe. They wanted you to open the door of that storyline. And then he gets wheeled and he's heavily sedated. He gets wheeled into Arthur Harrow's office and in a, and Ethan Hawke is there as the the head doctor the of head this shrink. of this this mental facility and he's got a cane. He's wearing the same sandals. There's a painting on the wall of the the town in Europe that he was in in in, in the first episode. Yeah. And we're like all this stuff is it all part of his head? Is it all in his head? And then all of a sudden he's just like Hang on a second. This doesn't add up. You know, you could see he's like kind of trying to figure. He's like, you shot me. Yeah. The last thing I you shot me. Yeah. And then he, he gets up. He's able to get up out of the chair and he's obviously very heavily sedated and he's he's trying to fight it off. He's able to get out of the room and the two orderlies come in. And he's able to, you know, knock them down. Yeah. Gets out of the room, hides in a room and he hides in this room. And there's at this point in time, I was like, OK, this isn't what we think it is, because there's now. A an Egyptian sarcophagus yeah. in this and in this room, of it and screaming. somebody's knocking on it and screaming. That's what led you to believe. It? Come on. Well, but up until that point, they were trying to get us to. They were think. trying, right? But. but he opens it up, and Stephen pops out. Yeah, and it's Steve, and they're like hug each other, like oh my god, straight from the comics, right? Stephen, oh my god, there's Stephen. A, there's a Moon Knight uh, run of a comic that this this whole mental uh, hospital is uh, based on, it, and it's awesome. They walk by, so they get out. Oh, and there was at one point in time, like the the lamps on the ceiling were like swinging back and forth, and the just whole like room yeah. was shifting. Which it's another tale. Yeah, right. And they oh. walk by another room that has another sarcophagus in it, and it's like jumping up and down. Red, and they're like, yeah. hey, let's not open that one. Let's leave that one. Well, we they believe, don't even say anything. They just walk through yeah. it. We believe that that's Jake Lockley, the other personality. Their other personality. They know nothing about. Right, because that the scene from the previous episode where Mark's holding a knife. And he says, Stephen, what did you do? And Stephen's like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. And so somebody had killed the kid, right? Oh, I think yeah. I think we're going to see Jake Lockley very shortly. For sure. Um, and then the two of them are walking down the hallway. They're trying to get out. They get to these double doors. And the double doors open. And we see this giant hippo <laughs> in Egyptian clothing. And they look at her and With she's like, like... human hands. Yep. She says, hi. Yeah. And they both scream and the episode ends. Yeah. So, again, let, let's talk about, because I think what people want to hear about our, our theories on the last kind of 10 minutes of the show in this mental hospital. I think the first half of that was the show's attempt to get us to believe or Correct. think that maybe everything we had seen up until this point was all in his mind and he had been making it up. Yeah. And then once he kind of got out of Harrow's office and... Stuff started happening, and he found Steven, and we were like, okay, something's yeah. not right here. But no one plays bingo like that either. I mean, right, he, the called bingo out num- T, he called out like T-44. There's no T in bingo. Right, B-43 or like, something. Right? You know, there's no B-43, no, right? No, it's no. only B-1 through 15, right. right? So, yeah, something was weird. And so now there's all kinds of what's going on. So you referenced kind of the, the Moon Knight comic books. So in the com- – and. Which, by the way, that's a kick-ass comic you have from your collection. Up oh yeah, here. awesome Moon Knight, uh, Moon Knight uh, comic up here on, on the show's uh, desk. That's awesome. So in the comic books, there was a run where uh, Stephen was in, or 
Mark was in a mental institution yeah. because he was uh, being told by all the doctors that everything that had happened to him, everything that was happening to him was all related to his DID and all of his multiple personalities. And the comic book um, itself would go through, like you'd see uh, very similar to what happened in the show. You'd, you'd have several pages of an adventure of Moon Knight and Kanchu working together to go do something or defeat somebody. And then you'd have several pages of him in the mental hospital. Yeah. Then you'd have several pages of him as Moon Knight again. And so it was be- going back and forth. So <coughs> they did these, this for several ep- uh, um, several issues of the comics. And then eventually we found out that there was this inner battle in his mind be- between himself and all of his multiple personalities. That they were always constantly fighting with each other. And that Kanchu had actually manufactured... This sequence of him in the... It was all in his head. To control him. Basically, manufactured this sequence of him in the mental hospital to get him to start working with his alternate personalities instead of them fighting with each other all the time. Right. And only once they agreed to work together were they able to break out of this kind of mental prison that Kanchu had had them in. And then they went back to being Moon Knight full-time. So... That, I think, is the most obvious, because Marvel does draw from comic book stories, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's what they're doing, that that they're now in this place because it's something they, they have to come to grips with their multiple personalities, and they have to find a way to work with each other so that they can you know get out of this and get back to the real world yeah. and, and, and recover. Because right? there is a real world, people. This is definitely, a, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's a dream sequence. So, one of the big questions people have asked is who's the hippo, right? So the hippo is another one of the Egyptian gods. Yes. It's the Egyptian goddess Taueret, T-A-W-E-R-E-T, I believe, Taueret. Mm-hmm. She's the Egyptian goddess of... Fertility. Fertility and resurrection. Uh-huh. Or, or not resurrection, recovery. Re- or something rebirth. Like, yeah. Fertility and rebirth. She's basically the goddess that protects... Uh, pregnant mothers and newborn children yeah. and all kinds of other things, right? So the question is, what role is she going to play? I have a lot of theories about this, and I don't necessarily believe that we're only in Mark's mind right now. Okay. I think we may be in the Egyptian version of Limbo, which is between their version of heaven and their version of hell. Like a purgatory. Like a purgatory. Mm-hmm. And that's where he went when Arthur Harrow shot him is that's where he is. And it just happens to be where all the other Egyptian gods that have been imprisoned are residing at the moment. Interesting. So when the other uh, gods of the Aeneid decide to imprison an Egyptian god, they basically encamp, do their incantations and then they create the Ushapti and it's trapped there. But the gods themselves are trapped in this purgatory. And I believe that's where they are. They're in purgatory. And in purgatory, you know, all of the things around him are part being developed by his mind. But the Egyptian gods are all there. And it's possible that Kanchu's even there. Possible that Amit is there, if that theory is correct. Right, yeah. exactly. Now, the other theory I have is, as I, we mentioned earlier, it's amazing that Arthur Harrow is drawing power from somewhere. He's getting power from yeah, what he I says agree. is Amit. And what he said now, if Amit is imprisoned, then either 
He still has access to the power that Amit gave him while Amit's imprisoned, and that doesn't doesn't cancel that out, or he's being empowered by somebody else. I think it's the former, and I believe we're going to get to a point where Mark will realize that as soon as he and his other personalities can work together, they can escape this because Kanchu has already resurrected him once, and he can continue to resurrect him as many times as he wants to, and this is now Kanchu basically trying to get him to get his personalities to work together. And like as soon the as they do, yeah. he's going to get him get, resurrected and he'll wake up again back in the tomb resurrected. Right. And he'll realize that even though Kanchu's imprisoned, I still have access to his power, have access to the Moon Knight, the suit and all the powers that he granted me just because he's in prison doesn't. I just thought that that's what happened. And that's why I never never tried to access them right because again why would arthur harrow have all the power that he has if if amit's in prison and he can't free him so that would make sense if if amit is truly imprisoned then arthur harold has been driven by another god and is an avatar for somebody else trying to free amit if it's the other way around that Amit is imprisoned, but yet he can still draw power from Amit and as be, his avatar, uh, have right. his avatar with the cane and everything. Then that would make sense. Then so could Mark Spector. Right. And I think he that kn- would close that whole loophole, that plot hole. And I think Towerette will be playing. And we understand the actress playing the voice of, of Towerette in the show is credited in the next two episodes. So we believe that Towerette will be in the next two episodes. And I believe her role in all of this is to help Mark understand where he is, what's going on, and how he need, how he can get out. Yeah. And to basically provide him with assistance. He says, you know... Not I'm, like Kanchu did, because he's a dick. I mean, he's just like, you know, do my bidding, figure it out. He's right. so beyond explaining to people. Right. Yeah. I think Towerit will be kind of like the voice of reason. Will be, look, there's many of us that are imprisoned here. I'm just one of many gods that are in prison here. You know, Conchu's in prison. A bunch of us are in prison here. You're here not because you should be here, but because you need to, def- to find a way to get out. Right. And here's your way out. Right. You, Mark, and Steven, and Jake all need to figure out how to work together and come to some agreement amongst yourselves on the best way forward. Yeah. And once you do, and you're able to harness your kind of combined, you know, mental powers across all of you in the right way. You'll be able to escape this place. And oh, by the way, you still have access to the gifts that Kanchu gave you. You just didn't know it. Yeah. And because we, 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 we see, have seen scenes of, of Moon Knight in future episodes. Yeah, so we know fighting, he comes back. Yeah, he's fighting Arthur Harold on top of a like pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's my theory about I what's like it. going on. No, so. it's, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, mine deviated a little bit from that, but very similar. Um, I, I do think we're going to see Jake Lockley in that third sarcophagus. Um, I think they're going to bring that out very soon. I, I also think, which would be very cool and kind of badass, if those jump scenes from when he blacked out and stuff in episode five, we kind of get an insight on what happened in those jump seeds. And maybe we get a whole backstory on Jake Lockley at that point and kind of introduce him that way. So when so he. With, through, through the flashbacks of previous things that we yeah. that happened in the show well, like him and mark mark took over the body and went on this mission but he took over mark's body and mark was unaware of it and uh jake lockley is kind of doing things on his own i i think we're gonna hopefully find out that would be badass if we did but i think we're gonna get some really big answers um a couple of things they have to clear this up oh, they have within to. the first 
10 minutes of the episode next week. Or they're going to lose people. They're going to lose people. Because they they have to, like, really explain. The hippo needs to explain what the hell's going on and why she's there. Like, that has to happen, like, really, really quick in the next episode. I think we're going to get Jake Lockley. I I think we're going to find out exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I I think maybe Arthur Harold is pulling power from Amit, and even though she's uh, entombed and can't release the full force of her uh, of her power on the world, um, and that's why he wants to free her. Um, but I I kind of agree with you uh, a, a lot there. I also think that for some, we we got to get, and I don't want to just see him in an end credit scene, Werewolf by Night. I think they need to introduce that character. Um, I, there's rumors that Layla, since she was not really the true character in the comics of his wife and girlfriend, she could be the the Scarlet Scarab, which is what the little Scarab is, what her, her father called her a lot. And that's another character in the comic book. It was a guy, but maybe they're gender swapping it uh, out for her. I think she plays a bigger role in this uh, than what we've been led to see. Uh, at least that's my theory on this, but... I think those would be two cool things, but that you're right. They have to answer some questions in five, the very beginning of five, like, you know, who's Henrietta Hippo and, and why is Henrietta Hippo talking to me? You know, right. like, I think you're right. I, they, they have to kind of explain. I, I don't want to go down the road too far on theories about werewolf by night and potentially ghost rider coming in and potentially, you know, the, the red scarab and all these other things. I don't want to go down that road simply because we've done that so many times in previous series yeah. that Disney plus has come out with Agreed. and none of them have come to fruition. Yeah. And I want to be very careful about theorizing. I mean, and it is what the internet does and is what everybody who's looking at these shows does. Let's, well, she could be the, the Scarlet scarab. And it's like, hang on a second guys. Yeah. Like really, do you want to introduce a brand new character into a show that's got two episodes left. I mean, there's no way I just want to, you know, measure our expectations. Oh, by the way, measuring your expectations without having a confirmation of season two at all, or what the future of this character is. Correct. Right. So yeah, yeah, they, they do need to clear this up very quickly in the first 15 minutes of the show next week. And hopefully we then get back to, Real world, and we're now hunting down Arthur Harrow and trying to, you know. Now stop I will him. not. I will not tell Betsy. I will not tell your wife. But are you still into the show? Oh, I've always been into it. Okay, I, I it didn't jump the shark for me, okay. but it did for her for yeah. sure. But yeah. you know, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I've never had a problem with it. Yeah. It was definitely a, a a very strange way to end the episode, and and again, I think they did it for lots of different reasons. But I'm saying they got to like even for me. You got to clear this up quick. Yeah. If he's going to spend forty-five minutes in a mental hospital with no next answers, episode, with no answers to what's going on, I'm going to be like, "What the? Yeah. I think it'll be very quick. Yeah. I think that I think they'll get back to the real stuff very quickly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. Check out uh, our next podcast and our next YouTube show on episode five. We'll we'll dig into it again. Yeah, we got two more, so uh, let's do it. I mean, you know, look, we, we've said this. We've got uh, the season finale of Moon Knight and our review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness during the same episode in two weeks. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be a big quite episode. an episode. Yeah, yeah, that it's a lot to cover. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You guys might want to get popcorn and a, and a drink. <laughs> Strap and, in and go to the bathroom before you start the show. <laughs> Strap in. Strap in. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, let's jump into the news section. Yeah. 
a few things this week. Uh, we did confirmation. Uh, so uh, actress Laura Donnelly, um, she was in some show on Amazon Prime or Netflix. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it was about this group of witches that, you know, I can't remember the name of it. The Order. The, no, it was something else. Something similar to that, though. Hmm. I think it, it maybe was it the order? I thought it was. Anyway, she's in in a show. She was cast in, in an unknown role with Marvel. We don't know what she was cast. Well, now we got final confirmation this week that the role she's going to be playing is Elsa Blue, Bloodstone. Yeah. In the Werewolf by Night series that's coming, or limited series, or one shot, or we don't know what it is yet. Um, that's supposed to be coming this uh, October. Uh, we know there's a Werewolf by Night uh, special coming to Disney+, Plus, but she's been cast in the role of Elsa Bloodstone. This is extremely exciting for me because Elsa Bloodstone was an instrumental character mm-hmm. in the Midnight Suns mm-hmm. run that they right. did in the comic books. She was like one of the main characters in the Midnight Suns, and I'm like, oh my god. So she's a... A demon hunter. She, you know, is somebody that hunts, you know, supernatural, you know, right villains and things. And so, uh, I, we won't get into her character's backstory and history and all kinds of other stuff. But the fact that this character is going to be showing up in that Werewolf by Night series leads me to believe they do have some grand plans yeah. for this Midnight Suns team of you know superheroes that are fighting against supernatural threats yeah um which makes me really excited and it makes me excited for the future of moon knight i mean i think this is a place that uh or, or a part of the mcu that moon knight can play is in that midnight suns and so we you know we've talked about this and theorized about this you know werewolf by night elsa bloodstone uh doctor strange moon knight ghost rider the Punisher. I mean, these are all characters that had at one point in time had been part of the Midnight Suns. Yeah. And so, you know, Blade and the Black Knight potentially joining that as I mean, this is just it's opening up some possibilities here, which would be really cool. Yeah. So the fact that we've got confirmation that character is going to be showing up is great. Um so I don't want to talk about the delay for Spider Man yet, because We'll talk about that in our topic of the week. But um, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was banned in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, because uh, American Chavez is a gay, portrayed as a gay um, character. and Would you call her M- LMNOP? L- yeah, she's part of the LMNOP community. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, she's, she's portrayed as a gay character, which... Uh, I don't understand why, but they banned the Eternals as well because there was a gay character there. Uh, they just won't have it. Um, yeah. Well, they're lost because they're missing out on some tremendous movies. Um, but I, you know what? Religion is religion. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it out. Yeah, of I just think they don't tolerate any portrayal of, yeah. uh, of, of homosexuality in any of their properties that they no. have in the country. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's been banned there. And again, I mean, following along why Eternals was banned there as well. Mm-hmm. So, not surprised at all, but to your point, yeah. the only people it's affecting are the people in Saudi Arabia. Right? Agree. Yeah. It's not like it's a China market where when Eternals didn't show in there, they probably missed out on about 200, $300 million. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that's a huge market for Marvel. I mean, I, I don't know. China? No, Saudi Arabia. Oh, I don't know. The Middle East as yeah. a whole. Um, but I yeah, but it's pretty well. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then you uh, had said something about the Thor Love and Thunder confirmation, right? So uh, what did Thor Love and Thunder come out and confirm? You know, we talked about it a little bit in our a previous uh, podcast. Uh, the, in the comics, um, Jane Foster, Thor's love interest, uh, gets cancer, whether it was from either having the ether in her or... Well, that didn't happen in the comics. W- yeah, but in this story, um, whether that happens... Uh, because she had it in her or naturally or, or and uh, she it's confirmed that that's what's going to happen. They're going to yeah. give her cancer or apparently she has cancer and she's going to go to the hammer to become the mighty Thor. And get yeah, so the, uh, the the mighty Thor storyline um, really directly followed the whole God, God, Gore the God Butcher, Butcher run in uh, the Thor comic books. They then went into the mighty Thor uh run and that's when Jane Foster came down with cancer um and you know Thor was incredibly upset about it and you know didn't know what to do and and Thor had at that time given up Mjolnir uh, because he felt he wasn't worthy after what happened with Gore the God Butcher and then Mjolnir and, and Jane Foster going through her cancer treatments felt like something she was being drawn to something and it was Mjolnir speaking to her, and eventually Mjolnir came to her, and when she grabbed Mjolnir, it basically turned her into the mighty Thor, yeah. and won't say cure her cancer, but basically made her recover. She yeah. became, you know, healthy, strong woman, you know, Thor, basically the mighty Thor. Um, so it sounds like they're doing that same storyline. Yeah, they've confirmed and it. how they explained how she got cancer in the MCU. There's lots of ways she can do that. They can do that with her. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like they're they're going with that storyline. Yeah. And again, we saw that scene at the end of the the teaser trailer with her holding Mjolnir, the fractured Mjolnir that had been reformed or reforged. That looked super cool. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a cool movie. It, it the I, the. The teaser trailer had 24 million views within the 24-hour period. It broke some record or something. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to them. Let's just hope Taika Waititi uh, finishes the movie. Yeah. And then we can get it on time. God, I heard he's still doing reshoots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. They got time, though. They're good. All right. They're good. Let's get into the topic of the week, Professor. All right, so this week for the top of the week, we're going to talk about kind of the future of the Spider-Verse. So uh, I think we, we talked about, at, when we did our our Morbius uh, movie review, uh, Titanium and I spoke about our doubts uh, about the future of the Sony Spider-Verse. So Sony... Doubts, confusion, questions. Yeah, just the end credit scenes and everything else. What the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, Sony owns Spider-Man, the rights to Spider-Man and all of the ancillary characters all of the villains in the Spider-Man kind of cadre of villains and then, you know, pseudo characters around the side and everything. There's a bunch of them. Uh, Sony has the rights to all those. And we know they had some plans, but we really weren't sure what their plans were. Well, Sony came out with a pretty big announcement this week and really something that we haven't had for Marvel in a long time. They basically came out and said, here is here are our plans and here's the slate of movies we have coming out in the schedule. I wish we would get that from Marvel. We really haven't gotten anything no, from Marvel. Not in a while. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what's coming out on Disney Plus and when. We don't know what's coming out in movies and what movies are coming out in the sl- the, the time slots that they've already announced. But Sony came out and said, here are our plans. Here's basically the next two years, right? Now, the one piece of news that was disappointing was they announced a delay to uh, across uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So this is... The animated series, animated movie. Yeah. That's the sequel to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which 
in my for my opinion is one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. It's number 1 or number 2 on my list of of Spider-Man movies ever made. It's fantastic. It is so well made. Yeah. Uh so well Great done. Great story. Oh yeah, just, you know, entertaining yeah. and well paced. It's just really really well done. Well, a highly anticipated sequel is, uh, was scheduled to come out this October. And we were really excited about it. Well, they announced that that's been delayed. So Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Part one and two. Well, the first part is now coming out in June of 2023. Yeah. And the second part is coming out in March of 2024. So we'll get them kind of less than a year apart from each other. But the first part, so this is being filmed. It's being made in a two-part. It's a two-part movie. Uh, the first part, <coughs> originally you said that they dropped the part one and part two from the titles. Yeah. Um, but the the first part was supposed to come out this October. It's now been pushed to next June, June 2nd. And the second one will be coming out in March of 2024. So we're going to get them within a year of each other. But that's really nice that we'll get one in June of next year. And then the next one will come in March of 2023. Yeah. So Or 2024. So that that's great. So that was announced. Disappointing that it's been pushed back. But at the same time probably for lots of good reasons you know again this some of the confusion about what's going on in the, in the sony verse that's probably good so we do know that craven the hunter has been filming right it's been yeah. filming and that is scheduled now to come out in january 13th of 2023 so next january so we're gonna be getting that movie next january so that's pretty exciting <sighs> you're not sure no yeah well i i think it's really important for us um I would anticipate that the first trailer or teaser of that movie comes out this fall. Yeah. And they probably need to hit a home run with the teaser to get people excited about what it's going to be like. Especially after Morbius. I mean, yeah. uh, and Morbius was an okay movie, guys. It's just the end credit scenes. <laughs> We're not so bad. And that just that speaks volumes of what's happening at Sony right now. And, uh, and and the last piece of news, so we've heard a number of casting rumors uh, and casting announcements for a, a, a movie that Sony's making called Madam Web. Um, so that movie is now got a, a, a date. It's going to be July 7th, 2023. So next July, uh, we're going to be getting that movie in the theaters. And this is a live action movie called Madam Web. And for those of you not familiar with Ma who Madam Web is, she was... Uh, in the comic books, but was most, I think, probably popular or popularized by uh, the Spider-Man animated series that was in uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, where really her character was used to uh, explain what we now have come to know as the Spider-Verse, yeah. is that there is a... like. Spider-Man is a nexus being, right? There are There is a Spider-Man in every universe right? right there's a different version of spider-man in every universe every and there's multiverse yeah. right but they're and they're all connected and we kind of got a little bit of that in spider-man um into the spider-verse the With miles morales yeah. right mm -hmm. that uh our version of spider-man dies and or the version of spider-man in in miles morales's universe dies yeah early on in the movie and miles now is the only version of spider-man left in his universe right but then he finds out that there's a version of Spider-Man across multiple universes. There's Spider-Gwen, there's Spider-Ham, there's, you yeah. know, Spider-Noir, there's like a bunch of them. But there is a spider and they're all interconnected. And that Madam Web is the one who really kind of has 
insight into this Spider-Verse. She can kind of understand what's going on in all the different universes and what's going on with each of the different spider she's, people. She is like a blind Professor X. Right. Yeah. So she has those type of psychedelic, psychopathic, yeah. psycho... She can see into... She basically has a mental connection to every Spider-Man in every universe. Right. And she used it in the animated series. She used it as a way to introduce uh, Peter Parker, our Spider-Man, to other versions of himself in other universes. And we kind of saw, you know, Iron Spider and a bunch of other ones from different universes that uh, he was made aware of. And they had to kind of combine their powers to defeat, you know, different villains and enemies that were threatening the Spider-Verse. And so I don't know what they're going to do with the Madam Web movie. I have no idea what the plot's going to be. Dakota Johnson has been cast as Madam Web. Do we know she's playing Madam Web? We know she's been cast in that movie. I think Madam Web. Uh, I don't. We, well, we don't know. Old lady. So, yeah. or at least that's the way she's portrayed in, in the comic books. So, but at one point in the comic books, didn't she transfer her powers to a younger? Girl? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, good question. Yeah, I think so. But who knows? I, I yeah, don't I don't know. know what they're going to do with that. But I, I do think Sony is doubling down. What this tells me is they're doubling down on the live action Spider Verse, right? So, again, we we've been theorizing. You know, do they bring Andrew Garfield back? As Spider-Man in a movie in some kind of role somewhere, um, you know, is there a future for Tobey Maguire? Um, you know, we don't know any of this, and hopefully, that movie will explain what their plans are. Are we going to see a version of Miles Morales at some point in time? Are we going to see Spider Gwen? I mean, we've God, seen them in the animated series, but I we hope. don't know if we're going to see them in live action, and Correct. and and that would be the place that we would kind of get the yeah. explainer of what's going on. We all we know for sure is Tom Holland has signed on for another three-picture deal with Sony and Marvel. So the sharing agreement between um, uh, Tom Holland and Sony and Marvel is in place for three more movies. Yeah. So we know that, but we don't know. shelf Tom Holland. You got it. Yeah. He'll be fine. But we don't know what's going on with Andrew Garfield. We don't know what's going on with any of the other. You know, we think we have a feeling they're making a Sinister Six movie. And developing kind of a, a you know kind of a group to fight against Spider Man. So I, and who knows maybe you know eventually he'll have to call upon his other Spider friends to kind of help him. You know right. who knows we don't know. Very cool. Yep. Thanks, Professor. Sure. Uh, let's ring the bell. All right. Well, that's great it. show. That's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email: supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. Super Talk.